What a fucking joke the NHL is, huh? What a joke Gary Bettman is. That guy, did you know this about Gary Bettman? Did anybody know this other than the fact he's a communist? Other than the fact that he hates freedom? Other than the fact that he goes around to children's birthday parties and throws their cakes on the ground? Did you know this about Gary Bettman? He gets paid to to ruin leagues, to ruin fun, to make sure people are upset, to do incorrect things. He gets paid millions of dollars to destroy something beautiful. What a fucking joke the NHL is. Connor Bedard's going to be a Chicago Blackhawk. Hey, I guess the way to get rewarded around Gary Bettman's league is to sexually harass people and then cover it up and make it a systemic issue. Just revolve your entire organization about sexual harassment and assault, and then you get generational talent. There you go, Chicago. More felonies, more talent. What a joke. The NHL is. There's nothing else for me to talk. What, what? The Tigers are pretty good. The Tigers are pretty fucking good, guys. And by pretty good, I mean they're three games under 500, which for Tiger standards, we're going to win the goddamn World Series. The Tigers are pretty good. Javi Baez has been pretty decent lately. They lost 2 nothing today because I made a fucking video saying they're pretty good. Uh, you know what's funny about me? I literally can't say one positive thing about any team I support without something bad happening to them instantly, immediately goes the other way. Oh, look at them. They've been pretty good. Immediately lose. How about the recruiting dries up for a fucking month? Anything I say supporting one of my teams, this will be great. Positive vibes, good energy, fucking death, doom, terror, gloom. Every time I can't do it. I can't speak positively about anything I care about because it turns the fucking ash in my hands. Tigers are pretty good. They're 16 and 19. They're three games, three and a half games back of the twins. I mean, that's far better than anybody would have ever imagined. I know there's like 120 games left. Who fucking cares? They made it this far. They're second in the, in the division. I know the AL central is like the worst in baseball. Doesn't matter to me, dude. Doesn't matter to me. All I know is I tell people they're three games back of the division lead. That sounds pretty fucking good. Doesn't matter what division you're talking about. They don't have to know it's the worst. They don't have to know we're also dookie. We're just a little bit less dookie than the White Sox, than the Royals, than the Guardians. They don't need to know that. We're dookie. And the Roy- the Guardians may have passed us actually with that win today. We're dookie. Everybody knows it. But we're a little less dookie than we thought we'd be. I mean, Torkelson kind of hitting. Riley Green's been okay. Mayton had a couple hits the other night. I don't like, I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. I get people on here who do the whole like, damn, Nick, what's what's with the Tigers neglect? What's what's with the lack of coverage on the Tigers? I mean, you're a state fan and you talk about Michigan a fair amount. You talk about the Red Wings, even the Pistons. Hell, nobody cares about the Pistons and you talk about them a good amount. Obviously, the Lions get their fair share at MSU. Where's the Tigers love, Nick? They're pretty good. They're two and a half games back at the lead. They're three games under 500. Guys are playing well. Javi Baez all of a sudden only sometimes swings at sliders that bounce off the pitcher's mound. Things are looking up for the Tigers. Where's a little bit of Tigers coverage? All right, here you go. Here's the coverage. Tigers are okay. Tigers, compared to what we thought they would be at this juncture in the season, the Tigers might go undefeated, right? If, we, if we're going to slide the scale, we're going to use the standard of this is what I thought they were going to be, and this is what they've been so far. We may as well be on pace to go 162-0, and the Detroit Tigers. They're okay. They're fairly competitive. The bullpen's good. 
The starting pitching has been pretty good. Lorenzen, he threw, I don't know how many, but he only gave up. I mean, the team only gave up two today. That's a pretty good start. Eduardo Rodriguez had a one hitter for a while the other day. He's been great. The pitching's okay. No Scooble, no Mize. Turnbull stinks. He just got assigned to Toledo. Outside of outside of Eduardo, I mean, this Lorenzen, I don't even know. Boyd, I guess, is better. Like, I don't know. I don't know who's been great. I don't, I don't watch every Tigers game. That's the tough part, too. That's the tough part, too. Now, credit to me, actually. Big time credit to me. I watched the Tigers. I probably watched 10 innings of Tigers baseball this weekend. Not from the same game. I think I watched them on Friday for like three. Watched them Saturday for probably about five. And then watched them Sunday for about three, maybe two. I think that was I watched I watched like a little bit of each game the Tigers played this weekend. I was kind of proud of myself. I felt pretty good about it, to be honest. I felt pretty good. I was sitting on my couch Saturday. I'm on Pacific time. It was like 11 a.m., so the game had already started. And I was sitting there like, this is pretty cool of me to watch the Tigers. This is this is growth. I fucking hate these guys. And I'm sitting here. I'm spending a couple hours on my Saturday watching them play some baseball. I'm giving this team a chance. Everybody's been excited about them. Everybody's been kind of on my ass about them, telling me how they're actually pretty good, telling me about how some of these young guys actually look alive. Hey, where's the Tigers coverage? Hey, why don't we get to talk about the Tigers ever? Hey, what about baseball? Okay. I felt pretty proud of myself watching them. I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing with the Tigs. No matter how great they've been the last couple of weeks, no matter how fun it is to see them come back, they came back against St. Louis on Saturday. I think they ended up winning 6-5. They came back like in the ninth and won that game. No matter how fun it is that they like, yeah, they'll battle. And even when they lose, for the most part this season, I think it's been pretty close. Like they lost today 2-0. It's felt to me like every time the Tigers lost or lose that I've paid attention to, they lose like 3-1, 4-2. Two nothing. Like it's just a day where we can't scratch a run across. But there have been not many like eleven ones, not many nine twos, not many just blowouts where the game was never even within grasp. It feels like every game the Tigers have lost this year. I'm now. I'm sure it's not every game. I'm sure they've given up a double digit, you know, evening at this point. But a lot of the games, most of the games, same word of the games. It feels like they've been pretty close. They just can't score that day. They just score one run and then fucking lose because they scored one run. It feels like that's kind of how it goes. Like even that Erod start, seven innings had one hit, or maybe it was eight innings, one hit. I think they won the game one nothing. Like, okay, that's not very good. One one run, that's not very good. You're bad at offense. Bad. That's a bad game of offense. One run. But if Eduardo Rodriguez wants to one hit whoever they were playing, that'll work. We'll take that and we'll go win the game and everybody be on their way. Here's the thing, though. A, it's tough to get excited about baseball for 162 to begin with, especially with me living on the uh, on the West Coast. I mean, they played they played the Indians today. The game started at 3 p.m. I got two more hours of work. The game starts. I'm sitting in an office. By the time I get home, two and a half hours later, it's like the ninth inning already. Like I don't even. I can't even if I wanted to watch every single game. Them starting kind of early. I literally. I literally cannot do it at all. I can't even watch an inning if I wanted to. So that's tough. But let's say I still lived in Michigan. Let's say those games were starting at 6 p.m., 7 p.m. I'm also not going to spend 162 nights of my 365-night year watching 
the the Tigers in year nine, year eight, whatever the fuck it is of the rebuild. I'm also just not going to watch 162. Even if the Tigers were the best team in baseball, even if our payroll was a billion dollars, even if we were one-to-one odds to win the World Series, I still am not watching 162 games. I'm going to go outside, if you can believe it. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to watch a movie at some point. I like those. I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'm going to call my parents. I got to do laundry. I got to cook dinner. I got other shit going on. I'm just not going to watch 162, even if they were the best. Now you couple the Pacific time zone with the fact that they got 162, with the fact that I just mentioned they're in year eight of a rebuild or, or year one of the second rebuild, even though the first just ended last year. Um, they're going to end up like, here's the tough part for Tigers fans. I know it's fun right now. I don't want to be a downer. I don't want to be a downer. I know it's fun right now. Right. I know they've won a couple games, right? I know we've, we've beaten some good teams. Okay. I know the pitching, the bullpen. Oh, Spencer Torkelson hits the ball a hundred miles an hour. Every time eventually those are going to start finding gaps. It's great. Riley green. He's awesome for sure. Dude. I look at Maytone, Nick Maytone. Hey, that might've been a decent trade after all. Dude, I hear you. I'm with you. Loud and clear, baby. Here's the problem though. Once 160 games go by, um, the, the Tigers are going to be really fucking bad. They're going to lose way more of them than they win. That Like, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? So if you are a diehard Tigers fan, now's the time to enjoy them. I don't want to sit here and tell you to not watch. I don't want to sit here and do the whole, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why are you spending your free time watching the Tigers? Look, if you like watching baseball – and this team's kind of feisty. This team's been kind of competitive. There's a couple guys at least who it's interesting to watch. Like even if Torkelson's not raking, it's at least interesting to watch Torkelson take at bats. Like you actually kind of care. When I'm watching the games, if he comes up to bat, I'll sit on the couch. I will watch every pitch of that at bat. If it's Matt Verling, I'm going to go take a piss. If it's Miguel Cabrera in year 40, where you can barely get the bat over the fucking plate, I'm going to go back to the kitchen and stir up my ground beef. If it's Torkelson, if it's Riley Green, fuck. Lately, even if it's Javi Baez, all right, the meat can simmer. I'll come back. I'll sit on the couch. Let's watch the AB. It's cool that there's a couple guys worth watching. There's a couple pitchers. Eduardo Rodriguez at this point, I would say, is fairly must-watch, especially if you're a Tigers fan. Like There are some interesting things to watch. So I don't want to begrudge people if you are watching 162, if you are locked in for this dumpster fire fucking franchise. But here's the thing, no matter how good you feel about them now, no matter how feisty they are, and oh shit, they're three games behind. The Tigers are going to be, like when these games all get played, it's going to be fucking gross. The record's going to be disgusting. They're not a talented team. They don't have good players on the team. Do you know how hard it is to win baseball games? when you don't have good players on your team, you know, like, do you know how hard it is to have a winning record when you don't have good players on your baseball team and they make you play 162 times? Do you know how hard that is to do? Enjoy it. Have fun. Get down to Comerica, have 20 beers and go sit in the left field stands and bring your gloves. Absolutely. But don't, don't get your hopes up now. Don't start writing in your journal May 10th, 2023. I really think the Detroit Tigers are going to win the pennant. Don't get carried away. 
don't start looking at, at flights to wherever the round one match. Like, don't look. It might be fun. It might be a little feisty. Yeah, they come back here and there. Yeah, the pitching. Somehow, by the grace of God, the bullpen's been good. Shout out Chris Fetter. It's not going to be like, oh, the team, the Leicester City in the Premier League. The Miracle Tigers. How the fuck did they win 100 games this year? It's not going to be, how the fuck did they win 90 games? Nope. How the hell did they win 80 games? Nope. It's going to be like, they won 70 games. That sounds about right. Yep. That's all, that'll be what it is. I. That's why it's tough. When people ask me, like, where's the coverage? Where's the coverage? Where's the coverage? It's like, what it, what is there to say about the Tigers? And God bless the people that do it all the time. I've said his name a million fucking times, Chris Castellani. Like, God bless Castellani. Castellani. It's got to be. It's Italian. Castellani. God bless him. He does it every single night. 97-1. Like, who would you have? Detroit Sports Radio. All of these different outlets where, like, you have to talk about these guys all the time. I don't know what it is you talk about. Like, there's the general day-to-day storylines. Oh, Javi Baez can't hit a slider week one. Week two, oh, Javi Baez, he's hitting home runs. Could this be a turnaround? Like, there's the general storylines. But my point is, those are all short-term, day-to-day, week-to-week things. But none of them affect the bigger picture. Like, at the end of 162, at the end of the season, nothing changes. Oh, Javi Baez, he's on fire right now. Hey, is Spencer Torkelson finally found it? Casey Mize may be looking to come back sooner than we expect. Whatever, like whatever it is, any Tiger storyline you want to build up, it's all in, in it's all inconsequential. The season's going to end the same way. They're going to miss the playoffs. They're going to have a draft pick. They're going to get some guy we've never heard of with that draft pick. He's not going to do anything for five years with that draft pick. And then maybe in the year 2029, that draft pick will get, I don't know, 100 at-bats. He'll be Christian Stewart 2.0. This guy's going to rake. He cooked in Toledo. He's going to be unbelievable. He'll get 100 at-bats. He'll hit .08, and uh, that'll be it. And then maybe the next year he'll be better. Like, that's that, that's the franchise. Don't forget who we're dealing with here. I'd love for the Tigers to be good. I'd love for them. I'd love for the Detroit Tigers, one of the most storied franchises in the game, in the league, I'd love for that name to mean something. I'd love for it to carry a little bit of weight when they walked into an opposing team's ballpark. I'd love it. Chris Illich doesn't give a fuck. The management up until Scott Harris didn't give a fuck. A.J. Hinge, I don't know if he gives a fuck, to be quite honest with you. I mean, the way this team runs the bases, I don't know. I don't. My fifth grade fucking Little League team had more awareness on the base pass than the Major League Detroit Tigers. As great as everybody wants to tell me, A.J. Hinch is. He doesn't have 28-year-old dudes running the bases properly, and it happens a lot. It's not like it happened once. It happens a lot where these guys, Mario baseball type shit, Yoshi knows how to run the bases better than some of these guys. Tough for me to sit here and tell you A.J. Hinch is living and dying with these guys when they don't know when they're supposed to tag up. That's tough for me to do. And even tougher than that, it's tough for me to really care and get invested and come on here and talk about the Tigers consistently when, hey, yeah, they've been good the last two weeks. They're not going to be good over a full 162. Just plain and simple. Quick break, um, and we got to do the NHL draft. We got to do the NHL draft lottery. We got to talk Bedard to Chicago. We got to talk to Red Wings. Um, I fucking hate draft lotteries. I Okay, quick break. Quick break.
It's actually fucking nuts, bro. It's actually nuts that the NHL gave Chicago the first pick. It's nuts, dude. It's like it's like if I went around killing people, stabbing them in the throat, and then the government, instead of throwing me in prison for life and sentencing me to the electric chair, they said, hey, Epstein's Island's up for sale. Why don't we, do you want it for free? No one will ever bother you. You can take the island. We'll leave the mansion. As a matter of fact, here's another hundred million to sustain you for the remainder of your life. That's what the NHL did with Chicago and Bedard. That's what they did. And you, it's, that's it. You can't simplify it more than that. There is no nuance. They went, Hey, Epstein's Island, take it for free. Here's another hundred mil. You're a serial killer. We don't care. That's what the NHL did. That's what they did with Chicago. Plain and simple. There is no hyperbole there. There is no nuance there. That's exact. It's the same exact situation. That's what they did. How the fuck, how the fuck do you give Chicago the first pick? How the fuck? I'm sorry for the language. I can't help it though. Do you know how frustrating it is that Chicago's getting the first pick? The Chicago Blackhawks, dude, are getting the first pick. And this is so far beyond, like, I don't know. Obviously, so I had this uh, this video I made immediately afterwards, kind of go viral. Barstool Chicago reposted it, went crazy on TikTok. All these Chicago fans like, ha, ah, tears, cry. It's so funny. For whatever. It's not even the Red Wings-Blackhawks rivalry. That shit's like, now that they're in the West and we're in the East, it's not even a, really a thing anymore. It's not even that. It's just the entire thing. Like, I could be from Vegas. I could be from Seattle. I could be from the North fucking Pole, and it would piss me off that Chicago got that pick. It's everything about it. Everything about Chicago getting it doesn't make sense. Undeserving, disgusting, a spit in the face. Oh, it's not rigged. That's how the ping pong balls go. Okay, dude. Okay, sure. Sure. I Look, you need to watch The Godfather. If you don't think that shit was rigged, you need to watch The Godfather. You need to fast forward to the scene where Kay and Michael are walking down that street outside of her school. And she goes, Michael, you sound naive. Politicians and, and presidents don't have people killed. And then Michael turns to her and says, Kay, who's being naive? What the fuck do you think this is? Oh, because they had a little hamster wheel with a bunch of ping pong balls in it. They definitely didn't rig it. Fucking, you're an idiot. Shut up, dude. Of course it's rigged. There's, do you know how much money's on the line? Do you know how much power, influence, attention, all of that shit, the only thing anybody that's in these powers, in these positions cares about was at stake? Do you understand? Do you understand? Columbus, I hate to say it, they were never, ever in 12 billion years going to get Connor Bedard. I hate to say it. Anaheim had a chance. I'm a little surprised Anaheim didn't. Adam Fantilli's very good as well. So I'm sure they'll be okay. Anaheim would make some sense, though. There's, a what, 50 million people live in California. God, I don't know how 10 million live in SoCal. All, there's a lot of fucking people. I'm a resident here. There's a lot of goddamn people here. Hockey's not really huge out here when the Red Wings come play, when the Leafs come play. They're road, road crowds at the Honda Center. You get him a guy like Connor Bedard, a generational talent, that's a guy who's going to draw people to Anaheim Ducks hockey games. That's a guy who's going to grow the sport in Southern California where there's a lot of people and a lot of people with money. 
And a lot of people who I'm sure would love to become interested in hockey. They don't have to. They got the Angels, dumpster fire. They got the Clippers, whatever. Maybe the Lakers, whatever. Anaheim's got no football team. I guess they yeah, the Rams, the Chargers. They'd love to rally around the Ducks. The mighty Ducks here is those Getzlaff, Corey Perry years. I'm sure people fucking loved hitting Ducks games during those years. I'm sure of it. You get him a guy like Connor Bedard, you get to rejuvenate, reinvigorate the California market. That would make some sense. Columbus, I'm sorry, they were never going to get him. Chicago, it makes sense. It makes sense. Massive market, lots of money to be made. They're going to fucking stink for a while. So you know what? Let's cut three years off the rebuild and get him the next thing since McDavid. But they're disgusting. They're disgusting. Share the wealth. Gary, you fucking idiot. How the fuck are you going to give it to Chicago, bro? How the fuck are you going to give it to Chicago? Because like I said, because like I said, it's a serial killer being gifted Epstein's Island in a hundred million. These guys just got popped for a massive systemic organizational operation to cover up. What was it? Sexual assault that Kyle Beach guy. Sexual assault? That doesn't seem cool. That doesn't seem very good. That doesn't seem like it has a place in the NHL. Certainly not a place like the Chicago Blackhawks. Are you kidding me? The penalty for that is you get Connor Bedard? Oh, they paid $2 million to the league. What? What? That's fucking, so they gave him 20 bucks. That's nothing. To the Chicago Black, two million dollars as the fine. Who just lost? Who just lost draft picks? Wasn't there a team that uh like overskated or they like illegally had a prospect come out and tried out for them and skated and did whatever and they lost the first round pick for it? Chicago's just running around pulling the shade over everybody's eyes, letting this dude touch and molest people, and they just got to pay a couple of bucks and they get the next best talent since Connor McDavid. What the fuck is that about? What the fuck is that about? Not to mention, Chicago's been in the basement for two years now. Like last year was the first year Chicago was really bad. They were really bad this year. But last year was the first year they were really fucking bad. And this year they blatantly tanked. Got rid of Kane. Got rid of the Brinket in the offseason. They said, you know what, dude? If you're going to help us win, take off that goddamn sweater you don't deserve to wear it if you want to win hockey games. That's exactly what they did. Oh, there's no place for tanking in our sport. Oh, no, no, no. We won't allow that. Everyone's trying to win on every single night. That's what the NHL is all about. It's a hockey. No, there's no tanking. Oh, okay. There's no tanking. Fine. Um, but there is just getting rid of anybody with an ounce of talent on your hockey, t- hockey team. What's that other kid's name? Kirby... Uh, Kirby Doc, anybody good, anybody halfway decent, fucking get out of here. And the only reason they didn't get rid of Seth Jones is because they just gave him that dog water contract. That's it. That's the only reason he played the full season. I'm sure he faked a couple sick days. I'm sure he had a couple injuries. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, he had a funeral. Oh, his brother's getting married. Oh, his kid was born. Damn, Seth Jones sure is missing a lot of time this year for a guy who's on an eight-year, $80 million or whatever it is, dollar deal. That's strange. He sure has had a lot of kids be born in the last couple of weeks and the it's coming down to it with Anaheim and Columbus. How many kids can you, can a woman have, how many kids can a woman get pregnant to in the span of a month? Because Seth Jones has missed four games in March. 
and it's helped the Blackhawks. We might have a chance at Connor Bedard now, and it fucking worked. I can't believe the NHL gave it to him. I can't believe the NHL gave it to him. The assault, the blatant tanking, they've been bad for two years. They were in the playoffs in 2019-2020. These guys were in the fucking playoffs three seasons ago. The Detroit Red Wings haven't made a playoff appearance since 2015, 2016, that season. These guys were in the playoffs three years ago. The Detroit Red Wings, dude. The Detroit Red Wings over the course of the last eight years have had generationally, historically bad hockey teams. Some of the worst hockey teams to ever step foot on ice. Okay? They haven't moved up a spot in one lottery. Eight years. Some of the worst teams ever put together haven't moved up one spot in one draft. Chicago's bad for two years. They get the first overall pick, and it just happens to be one of the three best prospects the NHL's ever seen. Maybe four. I guess four if you count Wayne Gretzky. Like, that's Crosby, McDavid, Bedard in my lifetime, the three best. Ovechkin, I suppose, as well. Oh, wow. Would you look at that? How lucky. How great is that for the city of Chicago? That's unbelievable. What the fuck? They just, dude, they just had Taze and they just had Kane. They've had their fun. I don't think the Red, the Red Wings, granted, a lot of it is because we were the most dominant team in the fucking league for 25 years. Granted, that had a lot to do with it. The Detroit Red Wings, I don't think, have ever had a first overall pick. Or if they did, it was in like the 70s. Or the early 80s. I know Iserman, what was Iserman? Was he late 80s? 88, 89, something like that? Or maybe 93, 93. So maybe the 80s, the Wings had a first overall pick. We haven't had shit. I get it, we dominated. I get it, every fan base probably hates the Red Wings because they grew up losing to them every single fucking year from preschool to the time they finished their PhD. I get it. I get why people don't like the Red Wings. You know what I don't get? Why doesn't the NHL like the Red Wings? Obviously, the shit's rigged. Obviously, we're going to get the generational talent to a big market with a big brand, with a big team who's going to draw crowds, who's going to sell jerseys, so on and so on and so on. Obviously, that's how it's going to go down. Obviously, he was never going to go to Columbus. Obviously, half the teams in the NHL, even if they all were tied for the worst record, would have never had a fucking shot. Obviously. Why not the Detroit Red Wings? And it's not even, I'm not saying why didn't the Detroit Red Wings win this draft lottery for Connor Bedard. I think the Wings had the 5% chance at the first overall pick. Odds stacked heavily against them, obviously. Would have been fucking cool if that ping pong ball happened to have the winged wheel on it. That would have been pretty cool, though, considering in eight years the Red Wings haven't moved up a single spot in a single draft. It would have been pretty cool for that number one ping pong ball to have the Detroit Red Wings logo on it. That'd be pretty fucking cool. That would have been nice. That would have helped things along. That would have done Steve Eiserman some favors. We'd probably be a lock to make the playoffs next year. We'd probably be a lock to win a Stanley Cup in the next 10. That would have helped. That would have done some things for this franchise for sure. Why I get the fans not liking Detroit. Why doesn't the NHL like Detroit? 
Every single reason you gave Connor Bedard to the Chicago Blackhawks could equally, if not more, be applied to the Detroit Red Wings. Big market. Think, think, both apply. Original six, both apply. Massive hockey fan bases, both apply. I don't know. I don't know. What What's next? What's next? They're going to make you a billion fucking dollars, both apply. Million fans are going to come see him every night, both apply. Like anything you can say, well, you do it for Chicago because of this. Detroit, except more. Detroit, except more. Detroit cannot play a road game without half the arena being Red Wings fans. And they can't do it sure as fuck in places like California, Arizona, Florida, Carolina, anywhere that's slightly warm. The Detroit Red Wings cannot visit without it feeling like a home game. That's a fact. And now I'm sure it's very similar for Chicago. I'm sure it's similar for the Leafs. I'm sure it's pretty similar for Canadians fans. I'm sure there's a few, probably all the original six teams where it's pretty similar. I get it. Fine. Detroit's been suffering for eight years. Haven't moved up once. Chicago's been bad for two. Last time they were bad, you gave them Jonathan Taze. And before that, you gave them Patrick Kane. Detroit's been bad for eight. You haven't given us fucking shit. Thank God we got Steve Eiserman. So we've got a Mo Sider. We've got a Lucas Raymond. We got a Sebastian Cosa. We got a, a Marco Casper. We got a couple guys that'll hopefully come along and I don't fucking know, lead the winning games, winning a Stanley Cup. Ideally, who knows? We've got a couple guys. Sure. You haven't given us shit. Gift wrapped. Chicago, three guys. Gift wrapped Edmonton. First overall pick after first overall pick. Gift-wrapped Austin Matthews to the Maple Leafs. So many fucking gift-wrapped Alexis Lafreniere to the New York Rangers. Now, that seems like it's working out better for the Ottawa Senators, but even better for Detroit. All of these teams, big brands, big markets, big fan bases, original six, whatever you want to say. All of these teams, they've earned their gift-wraps. They've gotten their handouts. They've gotten their bones thrown. Where the fuck is Detroit's? It makes no sense. It it makes this is the most infuriating part. I'm not upset that the NHL draft lottery is definitely rigged. I'm not upset about that. Everything's rigged. You go outside, the fucking sky's rigged. You walk on the pavement, that shit's rigged too. You say hi to your neighbor walking down the street, he's rigged. Everything's rigged. That's America. That's that's the globe, dude. That's how this shit works. Okay? That's society. I'm not mad it's rigged. I'm mad that they're rigging it like fucking idiots. That's what I'm mad about. How the hell, if you're going to rig this thing, why would you not give Detroit Connor Bedard? We need a first-line center. We need a, a superstar talent. We got a good team. We got some good prospects. We need that blue-chip talent to take us over the top. Steve Eiserman's done a good job. Steve Eiserman's been an unbelievable ambassador for the NHL. Outside of the Leafs, where maybe the biggest brand in hockey, I feel like that's a fair argument. LCA will be sold out every single night until Bedard fucking dies if he goes there. Road games, you'll sell more tickets. Every single possible reason you would rig a draft lottery for a team applies to Detroit, and for eight fucking years, they didn't do it a single time, not even a little bit. Forget the first or overall pick. They didn't even nudge us up to get the better play. Not once. That's what pisses me off. I know it's rigged. No shit. Oh, they elected the president fair and square. Yeah, dude. I've got a box of air to sell you for $100. Yeah, it's rigged. But why is it rigged stupidly? If you were going to rig it, to me, Detroit is like after the Toronto Maple Leafs, maybe the Montreal Canadiens. Detroit is like the first team I'm rigging that shit for. 
And I understood like the first few years, the wings were bad. I understood like, all right, we just went to the playoffs 25 years in a row. We got 11 cups. Um, we've had Zetterberg. We've had Lidstrom. We've had Datsuk. We've had all those guys in the early 2000s and 90s. There's a fucking trillion Hall of Famers that have been through the Red Wings in the last 30 years. I get it. First couple of years, we don't want to ruffle any feathers. These GMs, the fans, everyone's kind of seen enough of the Red Wings. Let's let them go away for a little bit. I get it. The first couple of years, no McDavid, fine. No Austin Matthews, fine. Like, I get why we miss on those guys. For sure. Last couple, though, nothing. We get not an ounce of help. Like, bump us up a pick so we get Stutzla instead of Ottawa. Nothing. No Lafreniere. Historically bad team. Don't get the first overall pick. As a matter of fact, we fall three slots and get the fourth pick. How the fuck does that work? How the fuck does that work? I know we were slotted ninth best odds this year. Okay. You can't accumulate all that luck and throw us one bone and hit on that 5%. And then it's back to Detroit. You're not getting shit from us again. You didn't get shit. You moved down or stayed the same every single year for seven. Hey, in year eight, you guys are right on the precipice of making the playoffs anyways. You guys are right on the on the brink of re-entering the top of the top in the NHL anyways. Let's get them the generational talent. Get them Bedard. They're going to be in the playoffs for the next 10 years straight at least. We're not going to have to worry about, oh, why the fuck are they in the lottery getting this? We're not going to have to worry about them for a while. Hockey's better. Hockey's bigger when the Red Wings are in the in the playoffs involved. Hot, like, it make, it only makes sense. Every single thing you could think, it only makes sense. Every angle you look at it. From the NHL side, it only makes sense. Obviously, from the Red Wings side, it only makes sense. Connor Bedard, it only makes sense. You're not going to send them to Vegas. You're not going to send them to L.A., to Miami, where this dude's going to get strung out on crack and be out of the league in three years. Detroit, yeah, there's some fun shit to do. He's not going to lose his way in Detroit, not under Steve Eiserman. How the fuck? Like every aspect of rigging a draft points at make the Detroit Red Wings better by cheating. Do it. Hack the game for the Red Wings to get better. Every single sign. And you've done it for everybody. You've done it for the Canadian franchises. You've done it for the Blackhawks. You've done it for the Rangers. You've done it for fucking everyone. Why aren't you? Why not Detroit? I, it's not the Lions. It's not the Tigers. It's not the Pistons. Like the Red Wings aren't one of those Detroit teams where there's some stigma where it's like, oh, Detroit. The Red Wings are fucking royalty, bro. Figure it out. Help us out. Do you want to make more money, you dumbass Gary? Then make the Detroit Red Wings go to the playoffs forever. Give us a general generational talent so we for sure win multiple Stanley Cups under Steve Eiserman. Fucking do it. But instead, no, 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 instead, no, 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 fuck that. Instead, let's give it to the franchise who's been covering up sexual assault for the last decade. Give it to them. Give it to them. Give it to the guys who just had Taze and Kane and sold them away, not because it was the best move, because they wanted to lose. They wanted to tank. They wanted to compromise the integrity of the game. Give it to them. It makes more sense. They ta- they tanked. They ruined hockey, right? Um you know, they're sexually assaulting people. They deserve Connor Bedard. It only makes sense. Give it to them. Fucking idiots. It actually drives me nuts. The fact that the just lack of rigging for Detroit drives me insane. Like, 
How? 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 How have we not moved up one pick once? It's not like we've been in the lottery for three years. All right, fine. You know, bad luck. Eight, eight of them haven't moved up once. That doesn't make sense. I'm not asking to go to the first overall pick next year or every year rather, but moving up from 13th to 12th one time, that'd be kind of cool. Even more so moving up from like sixth to third. That'd be pretty cool. Even when Chicago, those fuckers, even when Chicago got Kirby doc, I think they were supposed to pick like 10th or 11th, like in the double digits. And they moved all the way up to, I think three and got Kirby doc. What, what, who the fuck has dirt on Gary Bettman in Chicago? Who the hell has, has, has the nudes of Gary Bettman, dude, who the hell Backed full circle to Epstein's Island. Who in the Blackhawks organization knows that Gary Bettman hung out with Jeff Epstein a lot? Who knows about that? That these guys are moving up every single time they're in the lottery. They're moving up and getting guys. Moving up for Bedard, moving up for Doc, moving up for Taze, getting Kane. Who the fuck? Who the fuck has a nuclear missile pointed at Gary Bettman's house? Who? And why do they have a job with the Chicago Blackhawks? Just one time, dude. One time, throw the Red Wings a bone. One time. The only explanation, honestly, the only logical explanation that I can think of, like all this other shit aside, all the jokes aside, the only realistic thing, like a conversation that could have in real life been had at NHL headquarters two nights ago before the NHL lottery when they're figuring out, okay, Who's getting Bedard, guys? They're running the finances. They're looking at the numbers. They're talking about who deserves it. All of that shit. Who? The only conversation that makes a lick of sense as it pertains to Detroit would be this. Steve Eisenman's doing a pretty good job with those guys already. He took over in 2019. Had to do a, undo a bit of damage Ken Holland built, did. He's drafted well. They've got a couple nice young guys. Moritz, excuse me, Moritz Sider. Lucas Raymond, Jonathan Bergren, Simon Edvinson. They've got more in Grand Rapids. This goalie, Kosa, they've made a couple nice trades. Dylan Larkin just signed the deal. Steve Eiserman, the Red Wings, they were pretty competitive this year. Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs, but they were pretty competitive. They were hanging around for a while. They're surely going into this next season. It'll be playoffs or bust for the Detroit Red Wings. Why do we need to help them out? Why should we give them? They don't need Bedard. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, it'd put them over the edge. Yeah, they'd sell a ton of jerseys. Yeah, they'd be, you know, arena would be sold out for 15 straight years. Absolutely, all of that would be true. All of that shit about Chicago or about Anaheim would all be true, except even more so, for sure. But Detroit's going to get there anyway. They're going to make the playoffs tonight. They got enough good pieces. They got enough young guys. Steve Eiserman's better at his job than all these other dudes. Definitely better than the fucking clowns they have running the show in Chicago. Steve Eiserman's better than all these dudes. He's gotten them this far already. They're well on track to be a playoff team for the foreseeable future. They'll figure it out. They'll get a free agent. They'll make a couple trades. They'll get themselves over the edge. They'll be just fine without our help. That's the only possible explanation for passing over Detroit. And that doesn't explain zero help the six previous years. That doesn't explain that. But as far as this draft, as far as Connor Bedard, that's the only possible reasoning you could give me for why the Detroit Red Wings had never moved up, why we didn't sniff, sniff the top three. Only possible reasoning. Red Wings are going to be there anyway. 
look, we know hockey's better when the Red Wings are good. We know we make more money when the Red Wings are good. We know we get to make better deals when the Red Wings are good. They know all of that shit. They're not idiots. Red Wings are going to be good anyway. They don't need Connor Bedard. Red Wings are going to be good on their own. They've got enough prospects. They've got enough guys that already play on the big club. Steve Eisman's got enough draft capital. They've got enough cap space. Steve Eisman's better at his job. He'll fleece a couple more teams. Red Wings will be fine. Red Wings will be in the playoffs pretty shortly here, and they're not going to go anywhere for a while. Red Wings will be good. Now imagine Chicago. These fucking guys stink. That's Stan Bowman. He was a clown. They got this Kyle Davidson. Who knows about him? Considering Chicago hired him after Bowman, he's probably a bum as well. Yeah, they did the sexual assault thing, but fuck me. They could make a lot of money. I would hate. I'd hate to see the Blackhawks go into a five to seven year rebuild where they're just absolutely irrelevant. Nobody even breathes a word about them. I'd hate to see that happen. Now imagine the Red Wings are going to get there. They're going to get back to the playoffs, back to relevancy on their own. Why don't we shave a couple of years off the Blackhawks rebuild? Give them a little shove and get them started. Imagine that. We got both the Blackhawks, both the Red Wings firing, Edmonton's firing with McDavid. Toronto's pretty good. Maybe Montreal comes along. New York right now has a bit of a window. It'd be a beautiful thing. Boston's hanging on to the guys they got. Be a beautiful thing. Be a beautiful thing. Only possible explanation. That Steve Eiserman is too good at his job. The Detroit Red Wings, you can't move up in the draft lottery. You can't have the first overall pick. We'll give them to Chicago because Steve Eiserman's done such a good job already. You don't need our help. Chicago, those guys are fucking morons. They need our help. Yeah, we know they tanked. Yeah, we know they got a bunch of sexual assaulters over there. Yeah, we know they had Taze and then Kane and all that. Yeah, we know. They need our help. Dear Detroit, you got Steve Eiserman. You don't need our help. We'll give them a hard to that. Only possible explanation. Pisses me the fuck off. If you're going to rig it, don't be an idiot about rigging it. That's all I got. Um, Appreciate everybody. God, dude, that shit pisses me off. Appreciate everybody uh, listening, supporting as always. Thank you. I want to say thank you to everybody who um, scooped the Jack and Josh shirt, sweater, hoodie, whatever you got. Appreciate that. Those are pretty good. I like that design a lot. I think it'll be real exciting. When Jameer Gibbs is just a fucking force to be reckoned with and Jack Campbell's making 50 tackles a game. I think that shirt's going to hit big time once football season rolls around. So thanks to everybody who supported. Hope you have a good time wearing them all summer. You will get a million compliments. This is the thing that I can't like. I try to market these shirts and I do them a lot in the way that I make my videos traditionally. And I've got the second string, the separate page where I'll post the design and then the slides with the garments and everything. I, it's, I don't know how to put this into the words other than just blatantly putting it into words, but it doesn't feel right on the Instagram, like creatively marketing. You're going to get in so many compliments. I can't, you, you don't even understand. This is what I tell every, every single person that I know personally. So like I'll talk to them for other things in life. Every single person that I'm friends with that I know that buys something from me, Every single one comes back to me and goes, oh man, I get so many compliments on this. And I'm like, yeah, everybody. Yes, I know. Everyone does. Everybody who buys one and wears it anywhere gets compliments on it. So any of you Jack and Jaw supporters, anybody who scooped one of those, you're going to get fucking compliments on it. I guarantee you it's going to be the shirt of the summer. You'll be the most popular person at the bars. Um, going to have another design this week. It's going to be a Chicago design. Fuck me. 
piggybacking off the lottery, but I got to pay rent somehow, folks. You know how it goes. Similar to that Detroit mascots design we did. That was one of our bigger ones we've ever done. I'm going to do a Chicago mascots design. So I'm hoping that does pretty well. Another shirt of the summer for the Windy City and its inhabitants. Um, yeah, I don't know. Stay tuned. We, we got more things coming with the clothes and with this and everything. I'll be on the Have Fun Club tomorrow. So I appreciate you guys. Have a good week. Maybe probably once, probably just going to hit this feed once this week, just because, you know, there's not much going on, not much to talk about. So thanks everybody. I'll catch you next time.